welcome to Space Bros, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is my best friend, who's more than a woman, but better than a machine. Mary Johnston, <laughs> what up, girl? Hi. I'm trying to think if I have hey. any, like, mechanical parts. I mean, like, like I don't have any plates in my head. <laughs> so, Mary, uh, before we talk about our intended movie... Ghost in the shell. Ghost, 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 ghost. Shell, 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 shell. Um, <laughs> there, you sent me a great article, great, uh, in the Washington Post, uh, why Southern white women vote against feminism uh, that was published in September the 10th. Um, yeah, I, I think we should talk a little bit about it because it, uh, it talks a little bit about the ERA. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the ERA was Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, it was put forth to basically add women into the Constitution as, you know, when we say, like, all men are created equal, we mean men and women. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it was, it, it had a real wave of what felt like inevitability and momentum behind it uh, before Phyllis Schlafly stepped forward with the Stop ERA movement, which stood for Stop Taking Our Privileges Equal Rights Amendment. <laughs> so You know what I have to say to Phyllis? Check your privilege, boo. You need to check oh it. Oh, my God, right? Um, so Angie Maxwell, who is a Southern lady herself, wrote this article. Um, she works mm-hmm. at uh, the University of Arkansas. Um, and I, what really struck me is, and I, I feel like I know, I knew this as a Southern white woman, just like, just like naturally, like it's innate, yeah, like yeah. innate knowledge. But I, I couldn't really put words to it. But one thing that always strikes me, like I, I, I feel like I don't totally understand. I really don't understand at all the the logic and, and thought process behind someone um, seeing someone like Donald Trump who is so degrading to women and just such a oh my bore God. and a monster. I'm sorry. Let me just use the phrase again. Like, I mean, rapist and a terrible man, but like, and and and, and homophobic and uh, sexist and just awful. But like, grab them by the pussy. That's all I feel like I should have to say in I order mean, to we, justify we, we why have, he shouldn't be our president. Right? Like that. We have proof yeah. of that. Come on. Um, yeah. We and, have literal audio recording. <laughs> come on. Yeah. So looking at you, Southern white women who voted for Trump, um, looking you dead in the eye um, and yeah. being like, "Fam, come together." I am your fam. Yeah, do better. And I'm so do disappointed. Better. I'm not you. saying you're inherently bad. I'm saying I, I expect more of you. And right. I think at this point, though, hopefully, we're at. Um, God, I want to say that we're at a better place. I don't fucking know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <sighs> Jesus. Vote. Get your family and friends to vote. Talk to your, uh, talk to your loved ones. Talk to your not loved ones. <laughs> talk to everyone. Talk Go to people to you like. Talk to people you hate. Talk to everybody. Um, <laughs> talk to everyone. Shame everyone into voting. <laughs> that's right. Roxanne Gay recently not endorsed for uh, Trump. Elizabeth Warren. Just saying. And if she's yeah. good enough for Roxanne yeah. Gay, she's good enough for me. Um, definitely. Roxanne Gay, um, our patron saint of uh, reasonableness, wittiness, and uh, general uh, delightfulness. I'm just light. Light and life. Just Um, light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Light and love. Light and love. Uh, So Maxwell pointed out, she was saying that, like, one of the things that really just offends and upsets uh, 
white women in general, and she specifically was talking about the South because it's her area of expertise, and I feel like, um, and she expounds on it and explains why this is such a thing in the South, is that white women don't like being told to check their privilege because they benefit <laughs> so strongly from privilege. And I suppose nobody likes to be told stop, to check their privilege. Stop taking our privilege. But, You're right. right. So you it, goes, it yeah. goes back to that, and it goes back to, she was talking about how... Um, Southern white women, um, culturally speaking and traditionally speaking, were supposed to be sort of um, financially supported and like it, the gender roles are were one of like kind of courtliness and that sort of thing. And yeah. it, traditional chivalry and shit. Right. Which is which is gross. And like everyone has to work now. So I don't know why we even pretend like that's a, such a thing. But it's it's like innate knowledge. To Whoever s- gets to the door first should just open the door and hold it for everyone. And every time dudes hesitate when I've opened the door for them, I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Except like, really? Like, I got here first. I'm, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I literally I'm happened today. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, You're I just, welcome. it's an, no one says anything, but there's always like this moment where it's like, uh, 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 and I'm like, I, it's a door. Please walk through it so I can walk in after you. Like, I don't. <laughs> On Jesus. rare occasions, but it's happened enough for me to remember them. Um, if it's an, especially if it's like kind of an older, like good old boy kind of guy, you know, he will mm-hmm. not accept it and he will take the door from me and insist that I walk through first. The only other people, which is always just, I'm like, or I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. You want to hold the fucking door? You hold the fucking door. The bottom line is all the, yes. all the people like closer to our age who like hesitate. And I'm like, Garbage. I don't know why you're doing this because I'd like to also go through the door. So please stop blocking my fucking way. <laughs> um, you are, the you are story. a stick in the spokes, my friend. Um, yeah. yeah. No. And these uh, Southern white women, right, are so entrenched in this. And it goes back to... Um, she, or, uh, Maxwell argues that it goes back to this sense of white women being being this like prize in the South and something that other white men had to defend against black men's lustful urges, which I think we've covered on this podcast before is total garbage, <laughs> like utter garbage. I don't think yep. if you, I don't think if you come from a from a history where white people were regularly raping their black slaves and then selling those mixed race kids back into slavery again you can argue that like it's black man's lust that we need to be worried about here like no fucking way not a not a thing so those were the things that really stuck out to me i just felt like i like understood it more where when we're talking about equality and um and making everything making the world better for everyone it's always baffled me that you would have a subset of women who, who, you know, must face crummy treatment at the hands of men all the time, who would suddenly be like, no, yeah. I don't really want that. I would much rather keep the men in power. I've never really understood why that would be. Um, yeah. And this and article made more, sense. made more sense to me. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, yeah. we're made to feel grateful for that. Yeah. Awful. Mm-hmm. What an awful, awful. thing. What uh? What stuck out to you? What did you like about this article? Oh, I just I just enjoyed going, reminiscing about uh, the RA and everything I've learned about it because uh, the desire to um, the desire to preserve hegemony, uh, white hegemony in particular, um, and white structures of power, which I think it plays a big role, and also like the little bit of uh, privilege you do have. That's always made sense to me in a um, 
not in a way that I'm like, yeah, but in a way that I'm like, oh, of course, of course, self-interest plagues because that made to feel grateful is exactly right. Um, This idea that like, you know, but you have something and you could have nothing um, is insidious. I'm I'm only, I'm only winning if somebody else is lower than me. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's like middle school. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Mary, you you did not have to suffer through going to middle school, but you were a middle, of I middle was school a age. Middle so, schooler. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 you'll know that uh really what middle school was for me at least, and in my observation and my discussions with other people, this seems to be universal. Uh it was a fight to not be at the bottom. Like even someone who was your friend. You would laugh at a joke at their expense because at least at that moment, it was not you who is the butt of the joke, you know? And I feel like that, that is what this is. So let's get into Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, hell yeah! Me. So today, we are talking about uh, the 1995 cyberpunk anime classic Ghost in the Shell. Um, and I think this is like Woo-hoo! a fitting. So this is our first anime that we're covering on Space Browse. It probably won't be the last one we ever do. I would hope not, because I I think anime is very fun. Um, no, for sure. But I think it's oddly fitting yeah. um, because this is also the film that like was like the handshake with like the Western world for anime. It like brought anime into the mainstream American consciousness. This was like the first international big hit. So it kind of makes sense for it to be our, like, breaking. Totally. And after seeing it, aren't you a little surprised? I mean, like, it's an awesome film. But, like, aren't you a little bit surprised that America, like, saw this and was like, yes, like, all of America was so into it? Yeah, I I honestly am. Like, I, I think that that's, yes, I am surprised. It's beautiful. It, it's, it's great. It's, like, intellectually I, yeah. rigorous. It also is not, like, it, I was about to say, it's not, uh, like, the most accessible a uh, piece no. of media you could choose to be like, yeah. There are just a lot of elements to it, and right now we're going to be talking about the feminism of the thing and shit, but uh, there's a lot more to be discussed uh, in the future by people yeah. who are Oh, us, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And I, right? I read a bunch of articles yeah. that basically were yeah. like, that, that kind of agreed with this point, and were basically saying, like, it's surprising because it is such a, a story that speaks so strongly to... Um, like Japanese sense of identity and culture. And it's like, it's you know, you know, like there are movies that you watch and you're like, this is very culturally significant for the people who created it. Like this is so specific to them. And it's a pride. I mean, like, and of course, Absolutely. those films also speak to many other people. We, we contain, you know, multitudes, blah, blah, blah. But it is kind of cool that this this movie ushered that in. And it is not. It's not just like a layup. You don't watch it and you're like, oh, it's a big blockbuster. Yeah, of course people will love it. Like, it's it's a co- it's a complicated. No, yeah, this it's isn't a popcorn movie. flick. Um, and so it's based on uh, a, a equally staggeringly popular uh, manga series, which has been adapted into three separate anime films. We're watching the first one of that. Uh, three separate TV shows and at least four video games, and finally one very poorly conceived American live action movie. Featuring uh, ScarJo as the actor, which was a travesty. Yeah. Yellow face. Not great. Um, not great. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I read, I, I did not, not see that movie when it came out. I didn't care to. I, d- I refused I didn't care to. to see, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not. And I read about like, what they do. So she's explicitly supposed to be white. She's not in Yellow Face, actually. And the. 
And like, and okay, like, okay, fair. Um, no, that no, makes me no, feel no, like no, a dick no, for saying that, but not, you know, should not because <laughs> like the twist, spoiler alert, the twist in that movie is that there's like an evil yes. corporation which is killing, which is killing people and then putting their brains in other bodies, which could be okay, which could be okay. But they never like yeah. talk about or address the fact that like when she's when she realizes it and remembers she like sees herself in her mind's eye as a person and that person is Japanese, and then they never address the fact that like some an evil corporation was like we're gonna kill that Japanese person then we're gonna put their brain in a white person's body and we're gonna consider that an upgrade. They never address it, which oh that's a mistake that, that would have made saved. it so much that better. Would've... I don't know if it would save the movie, it but it would have made sense. much like, better. At least then you could yeah. explain your casting yeah. choices and stuff. So it's just stupid. Anyway, we're not worried about that movie. This this franchise has like an incredibly complicated, you know, mythology surrounding it. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a lot to it. But um, yeah. I think this movie is a great place to start because it, it is sort of it ushers in all of the um, associated like TV shows and movies and media around it, video games, blah blah blah. Um, and basically covers, like, the first several chapters, like, you know, um, portions of the manga series as well. So it's a good, you don't have to know anything going into this movie, which is good because I think it's, this was your first time seeing it, right? This was my first time seeing it. Uh, and Mary, um, you and I, uh, it's not available to stream anywhere, correct? So you and I, as responsible yes. adults, purchase Abs- the movie from Amazon and we'll be providing an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, that supports us, even though we all know yeah, that Amazon's well, a terrible yeah, corporation. Yeah. And, you know, Stop. whatever. All just, let's mm, let's all agree know. that uh, anyway, uh, human yeah. rights uh, onto the consumer is a uh, is a, a null sum sort of game. So yeah, yeah. F- fuck those guys. All right, let's instead just hold. Uh, let's support people when they are uh, yeah. striking at Amazon um, instead of trying to pretend like you can just never purchase Correct. anything online ever yes. again. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, what was your first impression of this movie? Was it what you thought it was going to be? Um, I actually didn't really have a lot of expectations. I or what did you know about it before you saw it? <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a real idiot. Uh, so let me just bear with me, y'all. Uh, first off, it's gorgeous. It really is, and you can tell that it's had like such an impact on other films. We're gonna talk yes. about later, but like The Matrix, uh, in particular, was one that you, like you could just see. I I spent a good portion of this movie not understand because I was trying to bolt first I tried watching the dubbed version right and then I tried watching the subtitle version and they I tried in the very beginning to watch them both simultaneously and they say different things and so it's, it's very really confusing. confusing to me you gotta choose what the one ghost or the other. and what the shell were yeah you know yeah so um I went back and I watched like the explanation of that like in both versions and it wasn't until the end of the movie that I still really understood uh that the shell is just like the body like the mechanical body ideally and the ghost is not like uh it's not like a, a an inherited consciousness from this body it is it is the human brain has been modified with electronics and the ghost yep. is the original consciousness right that's yep. right yep. That's, yep yep um so my first impression of this is that guys this movie is a little dense. Yeah, um, it is, for sure. Dense enough that, like, that was hard for me to wrap my head around uh, initially. So, you know, honestly, happy if if this, if everyone else does not have that experience, I am happy to admit that 
I'm an ignorant jerk who was not entirely sure what Ghost of the Shell was about. But I feel like Americans sort of like fetishize that about Japanese media. We're like, ooh, it's so deep and so like mysterious and you can't yeah. even get to the bottom of it. What does it all mean? Ah, like like ambiguity. So, and a lot of times I think it's just like fetishizing and, and racist and not, kind of nonsense. and Or like... No, of, of, exactly. And the no, unwillingness... To accept that stuff is not always for you, like that, yes. that there is stuff that's just like you're not gonna get it because you're not of like you don't have that cultural background to understand it, and that's you're not the target no. audience. It's what it's what Toni Morrison basically said about her work, which is that like I'm I'm not necessarily you know writing for someone who's white. I'm happy if they also enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, totally. Like that. That's. That's reasonable. That makes sense. But I feel like this is true of like, this is just kind of how we think about a lot of Eastern media that we consume as we- as Western people is that we're like, well, you know, we're not all supposed to understand it. But I do. And, and some of them, that's ridiculous. I do think that this movie goes out of its way to be psychologically dense. And that's OK. Yes. It's done this way by design. Like, I don't think you should of beat course. yourself up. I, I mean, like, you got to watch this movie a couple of times, I think, to get it. Like, just is. Um, I'll give us a brief overview of what this movie Please is do. about. Um, so Major Motoko uh, Kazanaki is an assault team leader for an elite military intelligence sla- and military slash intelligence slash police force in this rambling futuristic uh, city in Japan called Newport City. So it's not it's, it's, it's a, a fictional place. And in this world that the major lives in, the human body can be augmented, quote unquote, or even completely replaced with cybernetic parts. So most people running Mm -hmm. around in the city have, you know, something about them that is that a cyber piece like they have, you know, they have their eyes replaced um, and they can see better or they have like increased strength due to cybernetic parts. And the major is almost completely cybernetic. Um, save for her uh, biological human brain, um, which is the titular ghost. So that's like her organic human consciousness is encased in this mechanical shell, which is her which is her cybernetic body. And we know that her brain is kept in this um, in like a mechanical um, skull that allows it to connect to basically the internet, right? So she can like yep. she she can she can. Um, directly, yeah, directly interface into um, vast information um, sources and repositories um, just with her brain. So um, the major is seeking this mysterious person throughout the movie um, named the Puppet Master, who is doing what's called ghost hacking, which is basically when you take control of a like a cyberized uh, person's body without their knowledge. Um, and it's not like it's not like they're watching you move their body around. It's more like they don't even know that you're placing in memories and thoughts and actions yeah. and ideas into their organic brain, which then they feed to their cybernetic body. It's it's like it's very invasive and upsetting. Yeah, they erase your memory and then re-implant memories that will uh, create the motivation for the actions that they want you to. Pursue. Exactly. Um, it's real bad. And uh, so she's seeking this guy and what she finds may change our understanding about what separates humans from machines. 
But I think it's important at this point to like start off and say feminist thought is different culturally. Japanese feminism yeah. is not the same thing as American feminism, is not the same thing as African feminism. Like all of feminist thought changes depending on where you are. And 100%. And part of feminism is also allowing for that choice and difference based on situation. 100%. Unfortunately, um, American feminists have a bad history of acting as if we are the most advanced in our thoughts and we are the most authoritative. <laughs> And don't admit that our own insights are limited. My fem- my version of feminism maybe doesn't help people in Sweden, right? Like, that's just mm-hmm. might be the case. And it's probably the case, right? Because we are culturally Yeah, I'm not, not going to assume that I, yeah. I know what's best for literally the rest of the world. Yes. I just, I have yes. a well-informed opinion based on both research and observation and firsthand experience about what can make the world better for my culture and community. Right. And if and I think like it's yeah. safe. I'll even like go and out. It's intersectional. Like you want to. Yeah. Right. And like, of course, like I think that, you know, when you're talking about um, human rights and things like that, I think that you can, you can kind of get into it and be like, like I, this seems not great, but yeah. we need more voices in the space to help us inform those decisions and inform when we can make those kind of calls. Absolutely. There's no, yeah, question we, we need some local perspective before we go in and say we can fix everything like the colonizers that we were. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's important. Um, this is not our first piece of like, you know, f- foreign to Western um, media movie that we've done but i think it's important to say that we are two western feminists two american Mm -hmm. feminists watching a japanese japanese media and i am 100 percent sure that i am applying no matter how good of a job i do researching it i am applying my own western feminist thoughts to my reading of this story yeah and 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 i'm just I'm getting that straight out here. That's what I'm going to do because that's yeah. what I'm prepared. That's what I'm prepared as an individual to do. But of course it's not the whole story. And I would love, I would love for people to give us insights into um, readings that, you know, are, are Japanese or from other cultures too. Like, what do you guys think about this movie? Cause it is, it is a psycho It's a uh, philosophically deep film. And yep. I think it invites that kind of criticism from a lot of, like, regardless, it invites the viewer to to think about it and, and, and analyze this movie in the way that we're about to do. And it's interesting to see how different people interpret this film depending on what kind of culture their feminism stems from. I, I 100% agree. And I will also be projecting my own lens onto this. When I'm thinking about feminism, I'm trying to be intersectional to everyone who uh, <clears throat> is in... My country, my stratosphere, I try to do as wide as I can, but I'm I'm not all-knowing and all-seeing, and no matter what I research, it's not the same thing as living it. Yeah, So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're mm-hmm. mortal, is what I'm saying. Um. <laughs> <gasps> That's what Mary wants you to think. We're actually celestial beings <laughs> with space bras on right now. <laughs> That's an amazing uh, transition, actually, um, because I... Can I take us on... <laughs> And yeah, take us on. Can I take us on like a little like um, philosophical journey here a little bit? Please. So, Ghost in the Shell is not a uh, a term that is made up for this movie. It is. It goes back to um, questions about how people, 
how people's bodies and brains are potentially different and what and and Absolutely. what is to be made of that. So just a quick little refresher. This movie, I think, deals a lot with the concept of dualism, which was Descartes, right? Had the signature doctrine, mm-hmm. Cart- Cartesian dualism mind bo- or mind-body dualism, which is basically him saying that the human soul and mind are absolutely distinct from the body and that the human being is kind of this this union between mind and body that's what makes people but the mind is infinitely more important um and potentially he believes could exist without the body but the body doesn't exist without the mind basically he feels like the body is very much like this movie sort of this like shell that our that our brains ride around in and like and without the brain our bodies are nothing they're just dust pretty much yeah without consciousness and sentience yes and he tied this a lot into the existence of god and like and, and explanations of like you know heaven and where your soul goes yeah, once you life. die and mm-hmm. why does your body decay like that was all that was all very important to Descartes. but um there is a guy named gilbert ryle later on so this was kind of like just like accepted and in fact um you know dualism is something that we still believe so much to this day that it's like kind of infiltrated our own philosophical understanding of people i I agree and and i in fact i can't wait to talk more about yeah yeah so but pete but there were there was some criticism and gilbert ryle is the person who coined the term ghost in the shell and there's a guy also, um, Arthur uh, Colester, who popularized it. Basically, like, Ryle wrote this and Colester, like, wrote, like, t- coined the About term. About it. And then, yeah, it, but Arthur's book sold better, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And both men rejected dualism basically on the idea um, there was kind of this movement around, um, around this time, and this is like the, the 20s and 30s, where it was like, it's all well and good that, like, all of these eggheads thought this stuff about philosophy, but, like, let's get it into some clear terms for people. And they were, like, very pragmatic. It was a very pragmatic approach to um, psychology, or psychology and philosophy and sometimes yeah. called, like, plain language philosophy. And they both were like, look, that's all well and good, but, like, deciding that you have this, like, kind of um, ethereal consciousness that drives around a dumb body is a category mistake because your brain and your consciousness are still biological and a category yeah. mistake just means that you think there's two things when there is only one thing and th- your yes. body and and in fact told it uh, philosophical nonsense quote unquote so Ryle says the dogma of the ghost says that there is the separation of mind and body or the ghost in, is called the dogma of the ghost and machine um that the workings of the mind as it governs the body are neither independent nor a distinct mechanism. There is no entity called the mind inside a mechanical apparatus called the body, but that the working mind may be better conceptualized as the action of the body. So he's basically saying like the way we think is a biological, it has biological basis. Like it's, it's, you know, of course. and there's synapses in the brain. Exactly. And Colester uh, further expanded on this and said that like, right so we have we have our brain and like our frontal lobes, right? That's what we believe allow us to do the higher thinking, and that's why we have like 
we are so much higher on the food chain than we actually should be because we can invent tools and we have like this like fine motor skills yeah. and thought. But like it's still sitting on top of our brainstem, which is a primitive brain structure. And yeah. that structure overpowers our higher thinking all the time and like like overpowers logical thinking. We have we have innate understanding and like fear about stuff that logically we wouldn't spiders, for example. And he was basically like, yeah. so, you know, your body and your mind are like. The same same sort of thing. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's very important. I would like to say just uh, about myself personally, uh, before we dive into this movie, I think I thought in terms of dualism for most of my life, and then I had this really... <laughs> white girl story I've ever told. <laughs> I had an experience one morning in yoga. It sounds stupid, all right? But, like, it was, like, like 5 a.m. Um, we're doing some, like, I had just started going, like, on a regular basis with my then partner, and uh, I was just pushing my body in a way that, as a lazy human, I do not. And it was almost like I could feel my body being grateful about it. And, like, it was just, like, suddenly it hit me with the full force that, like, my body and my mind are both incredibly important because my body is, like, my physical manifestation of myself. And even if my sentience could technically be considered, like, like uh, not physical, um, it doesn't exist without the other. And that I need to take care of my body more. And what I'm saying is, I think it's really easy to believe in dualism. I think it's a real easy way to, like, I think that, honestly, part of it is also, though, like, uh, not foreseeing consequences of your actions almost. You know what I mean? Like, my brain is me and this body is just, like, my cage, you know? Instead of, like... Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think life is a miracle in the way that, like, I think, like, you know, the fact that we're able to manifest energy and run our body is so cool, Barry. We're a it cool is so machine cool. of a thing. It's it so is cool. so cool. So I kind of feel like you should do as a person whatever will make you feel the best about, like, your life and your experience in life. And, like, I think... Yeah, while also motivating you to be a good person. Of, co of course. But, like, yeah. but, like, allow you to be, like, like you know, functioning <laughs> as a human being yeah. and as a, as a productive member of society, right? Yeah. And so, like, if dualism, like, makes you feel good, then that's totally fine. If, reject Absolutely. if rejecting it makes you feel good, you can do that too. I guess I kind of, I'm kind of like of two, of two minds, ha, huh, dualism, on it, where <laughs> I absolutely believe that, like, our brains are based in biology, that there isn't, like, a magical, like, a magical, and, and, and Descartes, like, truly did believe that this was, like, spiritual yes. no. and magic. I, like, I, I, magic, yes. right? Magic. Yeah, I don't religion and or magic, right? Like mm -hmm. like something otherworldly. I don't believe that. I think that it is, but I do think that it's pretty. I think that the internal workings and the conversation your brain has with your body is quite complicated, and I think that there are and and I think kind of different different pieces of your body. Like I, I don't think it's as simple as just like mind and body. Different parts of yes. you and different parts of your subconsciousness are like stored, this is, now I'm going to sound really dopey, but are like stored <laughs> in different ways and will manifest themselves in different ways. Yeah. And that the, for me, the path to make me happy is to have some sort of mind body alignment and like yes. recognize kind of where those things come from 
and like accept accept both my brain and my body as like a cohesive piece and that's what makes yep. me happy so i it, me too. it's sort of weird that i i like disagree with them both cuz i'm not i'm not just like your brain's just like a bunch of sparks in your head but i'm also <laughs> Right. But I'm also not like it's it's like a it's like a magical mystical energy force floating around up there either. I'm, I'm like I'm like in the middle. I guess. What do you think, uh, Masamune uh, Shiro, the man who wrote the original manga? Do you think that he is a a classical duelist, or do you think that he is more on like board with uh, your brain as like a biological function of a body? What do you think he so, where do you think he would fall on this? I think he falls more in the classical duelist, but I think in the way that um and this is this is the other thing I I wanted to like caveat anything that I've said because I think about this a lot. I think in a way that's also we're going to talk about later pretty queer. Yes. Like uh, the idea that your your body like biology isn't destiny, you know? Uh, your body doesn't necessarily have to align with your mind. Always does that make sense? It, like it does, and and so like I I think he's more dualist, but like not in like necessarily a religious way, just in like a sometimes these like so there are two parts, but like it's not about like necessarily even spirituality so much as like they cannot align sometimes, you know. Um, I, I agree with that. So I mean, like yeah. obviously the the universe of Ghost in the Shell is explicitly one of dualism explicitly yes. we know explicitly that's that's the point of the phrase the yeah, ghost right you know the mind and the shell the body like yeah it's interesting because shiro doesn't believe in dualism at all like he he doesn't yeah. think fascinating right fascinating. and I, so like that's something i really i knew i read about this but i i haven't been able to find it and it's like it's really annoying i really looked for it i wanted to find I'm an interview where away. he explains why he doesn't believe in it and I could mm-hmm. not find it. It's just like, it's kind of like there's a couple of academic texts that I saw and there are a couple of like, just like throwaway like comments where they're like, he doesn't think dualism is a thing. So I started like thinking about why you would do this if you didn't, be- why would yes. you write this if you did, if you didn't believe in it? And I, and I guess I have arrived at this idea that I think he is challenging us with a world that is explicitly one of dualism by saying yes. that like, I don't really like by saying like even in a world that is explicitly dualist that's not enough there's that part where the major is diving and she has that like long yes long philosophical monologue where she says there are a remarkable number of things that need to make an individual who they are faces are distinguished a face to distinguish yourself from others a voice you aren't aware of yourself which is like a chilling idea um, and uh, the hand you see when you awaken, the memories of childhood, the feelings of the future. That's not all. So, like, that's the brain, right? There's also the expansive yeah. of data net in my cyber brain can access. All those things go into making me who I am, give rise to my consciousness that call yes. me, simultaneously confining me within a set of limits. And that set of limits is what bothers her, right? Like, yeah, like that's something like that's kind of her crisis in this is like, what really am I? And like, what limits me as a person going through life? So I, yeah. I kind of got it. I think that he's sort of like daring us to say, even in a world that is explicitly dualist, what actually makes us an individual? Can you ever actually escape 
the limits that are set on you based on this shell that you ride around in. I think that's like that makes some sense to me as to yeah, why no, that... he would write this. <laughs> That was the hypothesis I was about to pose is just like the ability to use this conceit to like ask these questions and to um, explore the nuance of these ideas. Like you don't have to believe in because that's exactly what you and I basically said about ourselves. Is it like we don't really believe in dualism? We do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the brain's also like important and special and so are thought and consciousness. But like that makes sense because it does lead to the question of what is it and the question that we ask ask again and again and so much media and we'll talk about this again soon very soon uh like what what is it that separates technology from humanity what what is that line that makes something human versus not you know um and duality is a great place to start with that because that is the first way that we identify ourselves from machine is our organic you know uh makeup yeah and i I also liked this, and this is kind of why um, this is this is the part of Ghost in the Shell that I remember the most, and why like when we were talking about what we wanted to do, I was like, we should do this movie, because I feel like this is a piece, and there's a lot written about it. Um, although I feel like we talk about it less than I would have thought, especially now. But I feel like the concept of dualism is represents almost a crisis and a separation in feminist thought that is hugely impactful for how we think about women and how women move through life. So definitely early feminists were into dualism or some early feminists were really into dualism. And it makes sense, right? Because to suggest that physical characteristics determine your mental capacity, they don't want any of that. Or in social role, like, no, no, no. They want to say the brain has no gender it's, you know, like, it's totally separate. It's divine. There is no difference from a male or female brain. Everybody has the same type of brain. And then your body is just like a meat bag you're riding around in. Who cares? Right? Yep. Uh-huh. However, like, I also believe that our experiences form our brains, right? Like, we're not, I'm not a, a I'm a nurture, not a nature believer, in, in, We're a tiny video camera that literally starts like recording yeah. all of every every input we possibly can, and then forming conclusions. So like, that's right. So can you ever truly believe in dualism as a feminist when, if you acknowledge that feminist the feminist characteristics of of bodies inform how we are social socialized and ultimately treated by society? I don't think you can. I mean, like. If you are a woman who constantly has to justify um, why you alone should control your own body, dualism does not serve you well, right? If your body is just garbage yes. and your brain is all yeah. that matters, then, like, rape culture gets way more scary, right? Even more scary than yeah. probably it is now. And No, abs- absolutely. And, like, the male gaze also it becomes, like, even more sinister and horrifying (laughs) because then it's just like, well, actually the thing that's the most important is your garbage body, which no one cares about, but it's all we care about because your brain is so not a problem for us. Like we don't even care. Like, like dualism has like cuts both ways where you have like objectification becomes so much more prominent and the ability to co-opt a body becomes so much more prominent. And I I feel because like you don't really have, 
Yeah. Or it's just it's just a body. It's just a body, yeah. right? And you and I kind of so think, like why are you upset about what happens to that? Ex- it's not like we're hurting your brain, even though obviously exactly. that yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, even though obviously I agree. trauma I that's very well put. Thank you. Tra- yeah, because obviously trauma does inform how your brain works, and I think that like we see a lot in this movie very upsetting visuals of like mangled robotic female bodies. Um, yes, and I think that that is sort of to dare you to not be upset about, like to to dare our concepts of dualism and dare you to not be upset by that, especially the scene where the puppet master is inhabiting that um, like that blonde woman's shell female shell yes and she and they like they like uh frankenstein it so like she like twitches and like comes up that's a very scary scene and i think it's very deeply ups- because you know that it's like this body that has no control over itself and it's which getting it, essentially tortured in order to like understand it yeah. better right and you know that like that is ultimately what this world has set up where you have these bodies that because they are in our likeness and because they take on forms that we recognize, we empathize and care about intrinsically, but we also have like set up a situation where you can't care about them because we explicitly know that they are mechanical yep. and they're just machines yeah. and we don't care about machines, right? So I, I think that it kind of touches on this in an interesting way. And then I think it double downs doubles down on it again because we have this concept of like, so if we go back to dualism and we say, well, you know, maybe there are, at least from a social component, the difference between a masculine and feminine brain. Like, because of, and it's because of the bodies that they inhabit. Yes. Then like, then like, how do we deal like that? So, so right, we have the, the early feminists who were like, dualism's awesome. Women brain and man brain equal the same thing. And then we're like, no, maybe not. Because like your female body does affect how you're treated and that affects how your brain comes together so like no so a female brain and a male brain very different but then of course we have trans and non-binary people so maybe that suggests in fact that our brains are more gendered than even just experience right well i yeah i think that uh, some of us might argue that, you know, gender is just a construct. And I think that this come, I know that this comes up in my notes later, um, that like in this kind of mm-hmm. world, it can be even more of just a construct. But the problem is, even if like, you know, it's like Judith Butler's gender troubles, because we talk about like bodies, we, a penis and a vagina are inherently gendered because of the way we refer to them as like male genitalia and female genitalia. Like you can't, step back from that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm not making the most sense, but that's because these are I think I understand what you're ideas. saying. Yes, please. Y- y- I think what you're saying is sort of like maybe there are brains that are quote-unquote gendered in a certain way, sure. but if but gendered quote-unquote is like a construct in and of itself. Yes. So that so that like potentially we believe that a penis indicates ma- like maleness and a vagina indicates femaleness but like ultimately they're just they're just body parts like right. they're not but, like we have but designed the fact that we believe this, this that way. also like impacts the way in which that's treated so like yes. you know it wraps all the way around mary yes. the bottom line is yeah And this really, to me, gets back to, like, this concept of, like, you should do what helps you be a functioning member of society. It's not, (laughs) it does not help me to be a functioning member of society to believe that my body has, like, absolutely nothing to do with my social experience. 
100% my um, body also... has a lot to do with my social experience, uh, and yeah. which impacts the way I think. Yes. But also, I can accept that there are people who are gendered one way and whose brains are like, no, I'm actually, like, my, at my core identity, I am not this gender. I am something different. Yeah. And, 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 and like, sometimes I'm the other gender, or sometimes I'm none, I'm none of the above. Right. Like, I like just am me. We've, we've come up with these roles, and sometimes they're going to work for you, and sometimes they're not. They're not always going to align with your what what is expected by society of your body. It's not that they... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's sort of like, it's, it's like kind of this other option. And I'm like, well, I mean, like dualism doesn't serve those people well either. Yeah. <laughs> like not really, because then you're discounting. You're like, oh, great. So you just have like, you just have like a, it's a flip flop. Like your brain, your brain should have been this one, but it's not. And that's a cool, because all brains equal the same. And you're like, well, but your experience is yeah. unique. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's more complicated Outside than that. of, Yeah. So, um, ultimately, I wanted to bring all this up to say, isn't it interesting that a concept that was that was put forth four centuries ago is now so, so, still so interesting so and relevant. so intrinsic? Yeah, and relevant. And that technology has only made it more complex. 1,000%. When we think about this. And I think that's what this movie is yeah. about, really. Early on in this movie... You like for the opening credits, you get to see this really cool montage intercut with great music and uh, title screens in which you're seeing this body, the shell, Momotoko's body uh, being constructed, being built. Mary, I think we should talk about uh, what what her relationship is to this body. Uh, The fact that like it has extra powers, like it, it gives her increased physical strength, like the whole point of augmenting to these bodies is in addition to uh, outlasting your physical body, if that is a thing, um, creating an augmented human, like a better version of a human with these extra capacities. Um, how does dualism, uh, as explored in the story and explicitly fabricated by her physical power and contribute and or undermine her as being a strong female character? Mary? Yeah. Actually, this is like what I saw the most about when I read feminist thought of this mm-hmm. of this movie was about really? this particular subject. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, a lot of a lot. Fascinating well, I mean, to me. uh, yeah, and like it, a yeah, a lot, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it is about like kind of like uh, like queer identity as well, like that kind of yes. like equal parts. But a lot of people are kind of like, well, is she a powerful woman or isn't she? Like, what what does she exist? And it and it makes sense too because like right like you have this yeah. this like dualism is so like baked in. I think it's like a fair question to ask. Um, I 100%. do love the opening montage. It's so eerie and pretty. At it's the same gorgeous time. and haunting. One thousand yeah. percent because like yeah. it it's also weird. It's weird watching this movie as a woman. You've kind of mentioned it before. Like you know you see these moments where like these bodies are like split into pieces or being kind of tortured or even when the body's being made and it's like sh- with its she's a dime with big tits you know like uh and we're seeing that like become fabricated and like that's like it's all very uncomfortable and intentionally so um but like in a way that's like it feels profound yeah i mean for me, at least, and maybe this is just very pat, I don't really care that her strength is manufactured. I don't. Like, yeah. because she embodies her body so completely 
or she like inhabits her body so completely. I don't really think I think the entire point is that she like questions. She doesn't like the limitations that are set on her. Yeah. Because she is manufactured necessarily. But I don't think that she thinks that she doesn't deserve or own the strength that the body gives her, which I think is actually fairly human. Like, you may not like what your body does for you or or is behaving, like, right? Like, you don't, like, if you're having cramps, you're like, this sucks, right? But at the same time, you're not like, you're not like, oh, I don't deserve the strength that of my own legs. In fact, when people, like, kind of get into that sort of, like, <laughs> over-the-top types of, like, gratefulness where it's like, be thankful that you have feet. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but also table stakes as far as my Right. My my experience does not, yeah. like, allow that to be something I can yeah, really be absolutely. grateful for. Um, yeah, absolutely. If I didn't have feet, like, I would have a more fully formed opinion about that, yeah. but I do, but and I, I do. take it for so granted. Yep. Yeah, so I kind of got that sort of vibe from her where she's just like, yeah, I, I, like she's like just like knows her capabilities, just does what she needs to do. She's very yeah. smart. Like, well, right. She's so, so, well, part of me just kind of rejected the premise of the question in terms of like, you yeah. know, does like the fact that she's so strong, like, but it's not really her body underlie, you know, b- belie the fact that she's a strong female character. For me, it's like, What's strongest and most compelling to me about her is her mind and the fact that she questions her identity and questions her existence and the fact that she still goes diving just to, like, see something deeper, even though it's, like, considered dangerous, like, which is so human and reckless, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the most human thing I've ever heard. And, like, that is so, that's so compelling. That's so strong. Like, it's my take. Yeah, and I mean, like, we're all manufactured in some way or another. Like, we're, our cells manufacture us, right? Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really that that whole take on it and like questioning to me felt sort of um, to borrow a term from Ryle, like uh, philosophical nonsense. I was like, I don't really. I mean, she seems she seems very capable. Her strength is not what freaks her out. Yeah. What freaks her out is that she has this niggling idea in the back of her mind that there's, like, a choke chain placed on her because she is not in full control of her body body and probably her mind, too. Yeah. Like, that's what she's worried about. So that has nothing to do with whether or not she deserves to have the body she has or if that is truly her own identity. She's already taken ownership of that and says, yes, it is. Otherwise, it wouldn't bother her that she doesn't have total control. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Are you bothered by the amount of nudity? A lot of feminists are in this movie. I think that uh, it's it's kind of hard. Well, so, no. Uh, but part of that is because, like, they she never looks explicitly human. And, like, there's yeah. even that moment where, like, I think the moment where you see her body, like, the most human looking, the most, like, almost sexually, it then, like, rips itself apart. You know? Yes. Um, very weird. <laughs> very, Yikes. very weird. Very haunting. But, like, I think all of that's done intentionally and with a purpose. So I'm not, like, offended by it. It's not just, like, gratuitous for the sake of it. I think it's a dialogue. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I hate seeing, honestly, just women chopped up into different pieces. Oh, yeah. Like, dead. Like, that bothered me more than their nudity. I mean, the fact that they're naked oh, yeah. while that had happened is the mo- is extreme upsetting. But, like, just, like, seeing 
her nipples, you know, whatever. It's not that, it doesn't not really that bother me. It's not bothering no. me. No, I am not, like, uh, there is some feminist critique that is, like, because she is naked for so much of this, this is not a fem. Like, it, it, it undercuts any sort of feminist read you can have on it. I don't believe that. No. I do, I do acknowledge <laughs> that this is... Yes. But, like, so in Japan, there are, and when you buy a manga, there is, like, explicit names for who the manga is supposed to be for. So, like, there's, like, like young young boy manga and young girl manga and, like, manga for old people. And this is manga that is explicitly for young adult men. Like, that, there's mm-hmm. also young adult women manga as well. It's very bi- and as far as I can, I mean, probably now it's like much more forward thinking. But at least sure. at this time, it was, it was very, very binary, binary. Yeah. in like little boxes, right? And this is so this is explicitly marketed to young men. And I have no doubt that her nudity is in here to titillate those young men. Like that's sure. what it's for. Yeah. And like, like, right? Like, there's no when you okay. watch it, you're like, why is she like taking off her clothes when she's about to like go on a daring mission? Like, that's pretty weird. And I even think that there is well, some. Don't they try to explain it with like that her her like thermo? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, come on. No, I, like, I agree. Come on. I, I understand. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's there because like these young dudes want to see her nude and that's like exciting and that's a great marketing campaign and people are going to read it because there are naked ladies in this comic book. Right. Yeah. But, and I even think that there's some indication that like the other characters don't necessarily seem like bothered or surprised by her nudity. Yeah. But like her main pal, when she is naked, he and like done fighting, he like covers her up. Yeah. So there. Like he, he, like there's that scene where she's like um, looking at the the gar like the like they've had that like chase with the garbage man and then he like puts her coat his coat around her or when she's like laying down and he's trying to like like rescue her basically from the puppet master he like covers her up again so I yeah. think there is some like I don't think in this universe nudity is completely not taboo For but sure. she does not seem bothered by it at all well like, she's I, cool with it I guess. I guess the fact that she treated it so natural and also the fact that, like, I don't find that to be titillating. It's just harder yeah. for me to conceptualize that being, uh, but, but you know, you say that and I think you're probably 1000% right. It just goes over my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's not, it's not for me, but I yeah. recognize that it is for someone. And, like, probably the reason she's naked for a lot of this is because it is for someone. Yeah. Who is not me. Yeah. But. In some ways, I kind of thought it was a little bit gutsier than, like, the way certainly we handle that sort of thing. Like, all all femme superhero costumes are designed to do the exact same thing, and we try to pretend like that's not the case just because yes. they're not naked. But that's absolutely what they're designed to do. And so I kind of, I, I like, I have, like, um... Begrudging's not quite the word. I have kind of like a like a side-eyed respect for it, where I'm like, well, at least I mean, like you're being very honest about what's going on here by making her be fully nude, yeah, <laughs> and just doing stuff, yeah. Um, whereas we will put you in like a skin-tight bodysuit, and then we'll be like, well, she's not naked. What do you mean? This is titillating. Come on, it's yeah. a costume. Interestingly enough, uh, and I'm sure, if, of course, you noticed it, right? She doesn't really seem to have genitals in this movie. Exactly. No, and, that, and yeah, exa- it, exactly. And that's why, like, obviously they made her sexualized. Like, like I said, she was a dime because, like, that is, like, it's a weird sticky point that, like, you can see this, like, 
It's almost like she's what men wish women were. Uh, none of the mess and fuss. Not all men. I. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I get you. No, no, no. She's like a. She's like a. She's kind of a porny. Sterilized. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Yeah. She could be a great sex doll. Yes, she's she's built like that. So this is like a big debate in the fan community. So like what she has instead of like explicitly uh, a vagina or a penis or anything that we recognize as genitals is she kind of has something like what Ken dolls have, where it's just sort of like this V shape and the suggestion of genitals. Yeah, but like but flat she has the vagina. Right, but she's like the vagina version of it. Like Ken has like the suggestion of a penis, and she has the suggestion of a vagina. Yeah, and so the fan community is like, does she have genitals? It's not fully known. Like there's, it's never one way or the other. Although it does seem later on in the manga series that she can have sex, which doesn't necessarily mean she has a vagina. But there you go. Yeah. Um. Well, it's also interesting like- because reproduction does come up later, and yes, and and the way that reproduction comes up is in a way that there's like nothing physical about about the sex it's uh it's the puppet master uh ai like just wanting to merge with her uh it's using the sexiest part of your body your brain um (laughs) the only reason that she doesn't have genitals is because of censorship laws that were in place at the time really yep so well well we don't know i mean i don't know that for sure like it's possible that they were gonna like make her not have genitals but like that is that is basically the reason why. Like, they were like, they talked about having her have genitals. The censorship laws would not allow it because then it becomes, um, like, a different, like, just like in America, right? Yeah. Like, where we have, we have, like, a concept of, like, PG-13, R, X, NC-17, whatever. Like, it would have, it would have put it in a place where it probably wouldn't receive um, widespread release and would certainly not receive international release. So they were like, cool, we'll just get rid of her genitals. So that's why she has what she has. That's so funny. Which, which is crazy. I mean, sometimes there's just like so many things in this where you're like, y- you watch it and you're like, ooh, what an interesting artistic choice. And it's just like, nope, they just had to be that way. Yep. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's, I'm it's like, I'm like, spawned... I'm like, all this nudity has a point because we're showing like that, like, you know, they're, they're fabricated in the way in which like we objectify women and then like they're torn apart because they're not even like. Because this kind of beauty doesn't like necessarily even exist, and then you're like, no, that's not so what's happening. Well, God but I, I don't think that you're wrong, and also like death of the author, sure, like sure, who sure. cares that there were censorship? Like this is how yeah. we interpret it. Yeah, so it's my, fine. my read on it was that it was profound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, right. I do think if those laws didn't exist, she would explicitly have feminine genitals. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure, and that would probably yeah. have changed my reading on some of this, just because you know that yeah. would have been. Uh, well, she would have definitely had up. like, she would have definitely had like, hairless, barely a whisper. No, I I understand like, it would have like, again yeah. still be like the sterilized plasticky, Super you know, version. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Male gaze for sure. Yep. But, but I, I probably I would have found it more upsetting. I am the person that those censorship laws were protecting. <laughs> well, and you kind of and it's funny too i mean i assume this has a lot to do with like how americans think about sex and things like that but i kind of think it's almost i mean like i don't know you see you see way less vaginas in film than you see boobs for sure like no question um, yeah and it allows us to kind of i think conceptualize vaginas as being dirty in a way that we don't um or undesirable at yes. the very least well i like, it, by dirty yeah Yes, I I didn't mean like 
literal. Yeah, like we don't just like, like no one yeah. cares about them, which I think has like huge impacts on how we think about um, reproductive justice, sexuality, sexuality. And, yeah, like all of it. It's just yeah. like it's 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 a bad it's a bad scene. Um, <laughs> and I do, I don't necessarily think this movie is helping any with it either. Nope. But I don't think any of that undercuts the fact that she is a a strong female character. Yeah, a strong so. badass who's asking questions that that the movie itself is centered around, like uh, questions that we want to know the answers to. And it seems to be the only person doing such um, in this world. Yeah. She's cut above, guys. Cut above. Even though she seems to, like, be fairly comfortable with, like, the idea of inhabiting a technological body, even though she has paranoia um, about... (laughs) about, like, who who's messing around with, in her brain and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think this movie sits a little bit um, uneasily with the technology, um, and it, it makes yep. sense, right? Like, I, I don't think you're supposed to leave this film being like, well, this seems like a great system. Let's all do this. Right. I definitely don't feel good about uh, <laughs> this technology and uh, th- the ways in which... You're putting a lot of trust in corporations, uh, and yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel good about that. You know, I didn't come out this yeah. and be like Skynet might be great. You know, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that we're supposed to have some existential fear about this, even though I think mm-hmm. the ending suggests that it's like inevitable, um, which we can get to in a bit. But yeah, um, but I love I love the uh, subplot with the garbage collector's memory and how you like see you see this man who like was hacked by the puppet master. Now all his actual memories are gone and like they're never going to come back. And the, so you see some of the like the ramification of it. And I think the fact that he is like kind of he's more lowly. Right. Like he's he's working class and these people are like elite police professionals and they're just kind of like i mean them's the breaks dude and you see his his sorrow in that i think you are supposed to kind of question some of the um some of the casualties of this of this type of life yeah that we are that we keep pushing towards and i think it's i think it was really smart inclusion to kind of like suggest that the other scene i really like very haunting Oh God, yeah! I felt so bad for that guy. I kind of want. I kept waiting for there to be like a loose end tied up there, and it's just not. And no, it's it's. it's, it's I had a hard time figuring out what the ghost in the shell because I was like, all right, so is it like the wiped out, like you know, these wiped memory? Mm-hmm. And I understand that yes, that is the point because like you know, the separation of the body and the mind, and the fact that like that can be uh, pried apart is dualism. But it it took. I just, I thought that there was going to be more there other than this is just a terrible thing that happened, you know? Well, and it's confusing. A terrible because, side effect. Right. I, I, I understand what you're saying there because it's confusing because on the one hand you're like, oh, so the puppet master just like pops down into little shells that are empty anyway and then drives them around for a while with his consciousness. Right. But then you got this garbage collector and you're like, well, that's a real like dude. Like he has his own consciousness and then has like some like various and sundry cybernetic parts. But it's just sort of like it, like that's the wet wire that he that the that the puppet master can get into that dude's brain and just like override certain pieces of it. So it does it does make sense, but I it does kind of I also had a similar thing where I was like, are we like mixing the metaphor here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I also think that's intentional to be like, well, you know, so this guy's We're body is certainly yeah. not as like 
is not as cybernetic as as the major's body for sure, right? Yeah. But he still also is um, can be taken advantage of in this way, and it's so like really, what does separate the mechanical body from a biological body mm-hmm. or a mostly biological body? Yeah. Um, I also really loved the scene where Batu is chatting with uh, Chief uh, Aramaki about why the major seems so shook up when they're about to like meet the the puppet master for the very first time, even mm-hmm. though they don't know it. And uh, Bato says, uh, Chief, do you ever wonder how trustworthy the cyberdocs who serve our brains are? And uh, the, the chief says, Cyberbrain technicians undergo a regular psychological testing, mm-hmm. and security clearance ones have a priv- their private lives checked in too. But the people who administer those checks are only human. And mm-hmm. then Bato says this line, which I think is like just exactly how I feel about so much of this stuff once you doubt, you can't stop. <laughs> it's yeah. like. It's like perfectly encapsulates that like uneasy relationship we have with a lot. I mean, a lot of things about modern society, but certainly yeah. technology. Mm-hmm. Like we always joke um, about how your sister is like, like is like, a was fundamentally believes. Yeah, it's like I wish to be as much as Amish as possible. <laughs> like, like because otherwise tech- the government will have all of my secrets. And- yes. Yeah. And you and I are more on the thing where I'm like, well, the government already has all of our secrets, exactly. so I might as well get a free email address. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're the problem, right? Mary, is what Mary, is what Megan would say. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we are, but like, we want control and we want to keep people safe. And we want to keep ourselves safe above all else. Yeah. But the dependence that we have on technology so quickly... Outstrips. undermines yeah yeah and we we lose our autonomy and we and we well, know and our ability it. We to even figure out how to regulate it because we just strip so far past like being able to make decisions about this like instead of someone yeah. asking should like they say can and then in a myriad of ways your life becomes uh benefited you know convenience I mean, really uh and but 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 there's by not asking yeah. those questions, you create these big gaping holes for terrible things to happen. I mean, and it's one of those things, too. Like, I feel so I, I work in I'm like, right. I'm a technical designer, a digital designer. Um, and it's it's eerie to see how you like can can rebrand those kinds of things that make you give up your autonomy where it's like we're just disrupting the market. The market needs to be disrupted. So we're going to do it. And you're like, well, but like, should you do it? can you do it? Like, why would you do it? Yeah. You know, all of those questions are very important and potentially could save us from this, like, weird slippery slope. Yeah. But no one... It, it's so hard to tangle with it at a certain point. It's it's like, we're like, is this illegal? Should it be illegal? <laughs> like, and but at that point, it's like already out there and then the market has decided, quote unquote, and so it remains, right? We decided that we were going to give Google all of our secrets for um, web storage and an email address. And so now here we are. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but well, we, we, walked, f- we walked right into this. Yes. But we weren't fully aware. Like, probably there should have been some protections in place. Sure. But but the people, the disruptors are moving so much faster, it's it's very hard to keep up. Yeah, they're, they're outstripping regulatory bodies. It's a fun time to be alive, guys. But I super uh, enjoy my Gmail account, and by that I mean my four of them. Um, then they yes, own everything multiple, about my life. Yeah, my multiple, multiple free Gmail accounts. 
uh, and one Gmail business account through my work. So, yeah. Woohoo! So, so like, that's kind of, like, the first piece of it for me is, is kind of this, this mind-body uh, question how technology interfaces with this. But I think then equally important and equally covered in feminist thought around this movie is um, is the concept of gender and and non-binary and like how humans evolve and what 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 is our ultimate next step, um, which technology like right interfaces with strongly. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important for this type of for the way that this unfolds. For me, it doesn't make sense unless I acknowledge that the major starts this story as a woman. Yes. Um, even though, like, right, she has, like, a robotic... She has, like, a robotic body and, like, what makes a woman blah, 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 blah. But I think she identifies as a woman, which is the most important thing. And I think that the story that follows makes way less sense unless she does. So it's sort of like, yeah, that that that's just what needs to happen. Yeah. I, um, I, I do think it's really interesting that, um, you know, we've already talked about her body makeup being, like, kind of a fantasy woman body. Uh, mm-hmm. But her male partner, uh, Batu, um, mm-hmm. is, like, a hulky, you know, male, like, blonde, mm-hmm. tan, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, he is also, you know, a hypersexualized vision of a dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't ever get to see him nude. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I, it's not. It's not at all the same. It's just. Uh, it. It's interesting because I definitely think she's a woman, and I. Uh, yes, de- and we have and we have an example of a hyper masculine right. figure. Yes. to contrast her with I exactly. Mean, not to like find silver linings in like raw objectification of women, but. I do think that her nudity makes it unavoidable for the viewer to identify her as a woman at a certain point. Like, because Absolutely. we see her naked body so much, it's very hard to separate that. Even even though, of course, we understand from, like, a biological perspective that her, or, like, from a, yes, from a social and biological perspective, her body makeup might not match the gender that she has in her own mind, um, and that that gender is the most important thing. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I, th- I think she identifies and we see her nude so much. We're like, oh, yeah, that, that person's a woman. OK. Um, but then Absolutely. at the end, the end when she merges with the puppet master. Well, and when the I puppet think... master takes over her body for a while. Like, yes. Yeah. Or like enters, enters her mind. Right? But she starts to seem to talk through the blonde body. Uh, yeah. That whole scene is pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. great scene. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably, like, this movie is already, like, uh, so rich with symbolism, it verges on, uh, being pretentious, I would say. Um, and <laughs> yes. this scene, and this scene absolutely is that way. Like, I love how suddenly they're, like, I don't know where they're actually supposed to be, but to me, it looks like a natural history museum. It has, like, all those marble appointments mm-hmm. and, like, that huge dome skylight. And then, like... That spider tank is just, like, blowing away that, like, bass relief of all Mm -hmm. the binomial names of... I had to look up exactly what they were. But they're names of fish, I guess, in the form of a tree. And Yeah, I would not have done that. Right. Well, no, who would? Look look at you doing the work, Mim Johnston. Super proud. There you go. Yeah. 
But, of course, it's fish because it has to stop at uh, hominies at the very top, which has its Latin root from the term human. But, and, and specifically, it's like the general, like the general term for man, like humans, humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this tree, because it's with fish, it probably relates, I guess, to um, like little parasites that inhabit, like the, the dust mites that like live in our pillows or like the like eyelash mites that I don't like to think about that like live on our, like the fact that our body is like this walking host metropolis of, yeah. Yeah, of, of parasites. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I too stops... don't like to think about uh, the mites in my pillows. Just, just so we're all yeah, clear. No, uh, I will no sleep one, well tonight. No one likes it. <laughs> yeah. No one likes it. Yep. But I think, so like this, like the spider tank is just like, blowing away like like skate skate fish like blowing away bass and then it stops at at hominins and then and i think that that is like kind of challenging this idea of the ghost of the human like maybe what to me what it might be suggesting is like our biological our biological brain might be honestly more parasitic hanging out in this te- this wonder of technology technology's body like yeah. we are kind of along for the ride yeah um and that we've built these shells in our likeness and in into on our ideal state right like we want to be stronger we want to be able to see better we want to be able to like look be beautiful um run wanna, faster whatever yeah we want to be above what we consider to be peak you know right so we've created we have we have formed these bodies in our likeness and have like evolutionarily moved our our the human race forward in doing that but we still have this little ghost parasite that we insist on sticking back in to live within each and every one of them and that's an interesting idea it is <laughs> like, so so i think it kind of like suggests in a deeply pretentious way that <laughs> <laughs> that perhaps Perhaps that like our our we we are holding ourselves back from this next stage by insisting that there is such a difference. There is so much dualism between the technological and the biological, and that the biological is the important thing. Like that scene where Beto is talking to uh, the major, and he's like, "The most important thing is that you have human brain cells in your head." Yeah. And, and even and, and then that... later I was like, "But you have human brain cells, and they don't. You know, there's not a single human brain cell in that head. You know." Right, right. Like that's like that is a that is like a class system in and of itself. Um, I, I think it's meant to challenge that a little bit. Because you just gave such a beautiful reading of a closing uh, of a of a part of the closing sequence of this film. Um, you want to explain to me what the feathers meant, Mary? <laughs> was that like an oh. angel de- like descending? Like what the fuck was happening? And also, I just just a step beyond that. Is that supposed to visualize her consent? Because she never actually consents. Like, I is it? I assume it's implied consent, but like, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, mm. that's an that's a really interesting thing. I don't know about the feathers. It does weird me out that <laughs> yeah. basically. So like, so like the puppet master basically overpowers her to reproduce with her, which I think is rape. Yeah, like um, takes over her body. Uh, yeah. We were literally talking about how dualism doesn't work for feminism because literally we deserve control over our body. Like this is, this is the yes. exact thing that is yes. happening is that's being challenged because of the dualism. Anyway, go on. 
Right, and he puts it out there that she has this choice, and even she is like, I don't really think I do have a choice. And he is like, well, or she's, or she says, like, I don't really think I have a choice, and it does seem like you are getting the, like, lion's share of this bargain. Because yeah. what he wants to do is he wants to, um, he wants to, like, join in with her, basically creating, um, and, and, like, have, like, a technological version of procreation, Right. And yeah. he, in order to be human, he wants to uh, reproduce and die. Right. So he's going to reproduce with her, which will destroy both of their previous identities and form a new identity. And because he will have joined in and like be inhabiting her human brain cells, conceivably, eventually she could die. Right. She's like, and that will be and then he will die along with her because now they are this new joint identity. Mm-hmm. And. She basically is like, okay, well, that's what you want, but, like, what do I get? And he basically is like, I have powers you couldn't even imagine. And then they join. Yeah. Right. And but there's not, like, I feel like you're missing that clear. beat there, yeah. which is, like, her being like, perfect. I want those powers. Right? Anything? Just yes. anything. Yes. You know? No, it's not great. I mean, I think that we are meant as the viewer to understand that she consented to it. I, I, I think so, too. Um, I'm just wondering, like, is that what the, fe- like, is there some sort of, some of the feathers are? Like, is there any sort of, like, actual representation we can, like, point to other than just it's implied that uh, a woman be like, dope, give me that power. Yeah. You know? I mean, no, I think that the feathers are mostly just, like, aesthetic, like, sense of wonder and, like, potentially, like, ethereal behavior. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. But I, she, yeah, no, I don't, I, I think that this movie would have been better if they had a scene where she was like, yep, let's get in my brain. Like, I think yeah. that that would have been way better. Yeah. Um, Did they want it to be heartbreaking? Like, at the end that she doesn't exist? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because if that's the point, too, then, like, can it just be heartbreaking for the audience but her to have been into it? You know? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so the yeah. new being, like, right, so at the end, so they join, and then at the end, um... Uh, Bado like saves saves them, yeah. right? Like shields shields her head from from being... getting bombed, and then like... yeah, from like District Nine, yeah. And, and even and... though they get separated from the body, he's able to immediately go and get a black market body to save that head, <laughs> right. right? Right. But that body has to be Mary. Mary, tell us what tell us tell us what the body had to be because it was the only thing that was available. Well, a scary little girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, such an eerie little girl. I also just, like, um, love the idea that, like, we procreated to have a kid, and, oh, now we are a kid because it was the only one there. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, it's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and I even, like, furthermore to the point of do these do these shells have genitals, I think they must because, like, Beto makes a joke about, like, wouldn't child, have been my choice. Child molesters. Yeah. yeah. Like being like, kind of young for my taste. You're like, ugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yep. I'm pretty sure that's what these little child uh, shells are for, which is awful, but there you go. Right. Goes back um, to the fact that she looks like a sex doll. Um, a blow-up doll. Yes. Yes. No, not blow-up, but you know what I meant. Sex doll. I anyway. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that, uh, so that that is creepy and weird. I do think that ultimately what it's meant to say to us is that, uh, you know, the little girl proclaims that they are not the major or the puppet master. They're something totally new. Yeah. And 
by ha- presenting as a little child, I think it's supposed to suggest that this is like this is like um, this is starting over, and I think it's yeah, supposed this is to starting su- a new story. Yeah, story. and I think it's also supposed to suggest that like non-binary people might be the next evolutionary step, which is a cool idea. I mean, I kind of think that that's real because I think that yeah, I think. Non-binary people, like, literally, it's just saying I don't fit in this binary that exists. And it's a limiting binary. Like, I don't... Yeah. That's the thing about... I never use the term genderqueer. Because I almost feel silly because I think anyone who really thinks about it is genderqueer. Because all it has ever meant to me is that um, I don't identify with the social constructs of, like, what my gender is. And, like, I fit outside of that. And... Doesn't yeah, everyone? Like most people do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for anyone sure. who's thinking hard about it does because it's just too specific for you to fit perfectly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that I just I claimed. By the way, guys, all of you all are wrong and you are all gender queer because I think that I can simplify the world <laughs> down to just these magnanimous statements. Signed, <gasps> Kate Whitney. Yeah. Totally. No, I I, I think this is a cool idea. I mean, like, I think it's sort of like a almost a fairy tale approach. Like, this, yes, like, this is all like the. I'm not even sure if it's magical realism so much as just like almost magical thinking. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels very it feels very much like a fairy tale to me. Um, even like the feather part where it's like that whole that whole exchange, and then they're in the country, and she steps out like everything. The fact that she's like a child now. Um, I, all of it sort of suggests like this sort of like in this neat, um, this neat magical ending to mm-hmm. it, um, which is in sharp contrast from the, like the way the sausage got made, right? Like yep. cold, clinical, scientific, like crazy ripped up bodies laying on a wet floor. <laughs> and then this, this happens and I, I kind of liked it as a as a commentary about creation as a whole. Like mm-hmm. to get there, it's it's brutal, and then once it's here, it's it's a fresh start. Like it's a totally new thing, and it's worthy of celebrating. And the, and the being itself seems happy. Yeah, that what happened happened. Absolutely, absolutely I, I mean, happy to exist. Ends. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting because like. I don't mean in terms of human reproduction because that's not something that I know anything about. Um, having, I mean, I have a, I, I know something about it. I don't have firsthand experience, but I think every time we create something, our like something physical, like an object or whatever, like destruction happens first. Destruction is what like leads to creation. Like just in general, like uh, in order to build a table, I'm going to cut down a tree. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like there are there are resources that become used and uh, mutated and transferred, you know, in order for anything to be uh, produced. And so, like, they've just it's an endless cycle, Mary, of uh, birth and death. And I think it's it's pretty cool. And I don't even know what my point even is anymore. Man, I'm not tired. All right. <laughs> Back well, to you. I, I, that made sense to me. I feel like. I think we're supposed to be happy about it, but I think we are also supposed to be disturbed, at least on an existential Oh, no, level. it's disturbing as fuck, is the thing. Like, by, yeah, by these the things way, are... De- yeah, I, that's all I was trying to say is, you're right, yeah. like, reproduction is brutal, but, like, also, like, all creation is brutal, is what mm-hmm. I was trying to say, and got yeah, way... Yeah, but I think it's mismarked. a happy ending. 
Yes. I think it's supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be happy at the end. Yeah, because, um, well, because something exists. Because we've already agreed that this consciousness is enough for this, for this thing to be a thing. You know what I mean? Like, for, for her to exist. Uh, like, she's important because she can, I think, therefore I am. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Descartes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> just always going back. Um, so, like, we're... He's the ghost in the machine of this, of this ghost in the shell. <laughs> <laughs> he is! And, this well, and, and also definitely of this podcast episode, so, you know. Uh, definitely um... of this podcast episode. <laughs> Take a shot every time we say Descartes. Anyway, <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't do that. D- don't go to the hospital. Drink responsibly. Um... Yeah. You know, I think that this ending also pivots the story in a direction that is is quite helpful for people who are non-binary trans who have long and genderqueer who have long been into the cyberpunk genre um because it 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 usually deals with kind of a character questioning the nature of the identity as it relates to your physical form and therefore social experience mm-hmm. um and and I thought that this movie did it in a way that that, that I wouldn't have necessarily considered. It's it's very it's almost like um, it's almost it's very by the book in that it focuses so much on um, like procreation. Yes, and it ends in a place I did not expect it to at all. Yeah, in a way that tickled me. Um, we kind of get a little bit of that when the um, the major is scuba diving, um, and she talks about how. Uh, her employee, her employers own her body, and how if she ever wanted to quit, she would have to give it back. Yeah, um, and, and and her modified brain. So none of it is hers. She can't ever quit her job. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like she would, or we don't really even know what that would look like, right? But she well, ends with this with by saying, "For now, we see through a glass darkly." Which literally means we see it's it's from the Bible, interestingly enough. But um, it means we have obscured or imperfect visions of reality. Mm-hmm. And I think in this context, it's safe to like my read on that is she's saying that her sense of self is not happy with the confines that are placed on her, mm-hmm. and she is ready to expand and evolve, and like shed all those limiting factors. So that she can push past it. And I think that becoming this non-binary individual at the end, that is the, that is how she manifests that into reality. Yeah. That makes sense. 100%. Um, and it's like super, it's like super like mental gymnastics to get there. You would be, <laughs> there's like a lot of different ways to approach this. And this is like very cerebral. Yes. Um, this but, is what I we mean, meant by not a popcorn flick. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> but there are there. It's it's combina- It's like it's a combination. A, it's rewarding of and beautiful. Yeah, and well, and you have like that stuff, which is so like, so just like oh, like you know, it's almost like you have to kind of like look out of it, look at it out of like the corner of you, the eye of your brain to like kind of piece it together. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it directly, it'll like disintegrate. But then you have stuff that is just. So obvious. Like, the movie makes all these points. They talk about it at least twice, that we don't know what the puppet master's gender is. They bring it yeah. up multiple times. Yeah. The major mentions it. The sex or six, sex Yeah, or like, it's sex just a hypothesis guys. that it is uh, male because they think that there's, like, a person behind yeah. it. 
they don't realize that it's like right uh, sentient like right yeah or it's even like i think two different people and then they're corrected refer to the master with a male pronoun and And the other people are like wait we don't know and yeah. so, but but then obviously, it's a choice to have the puppet master have a male voice. Yeah, right? because you're also choosing to have a male voice come out of like a female body. Like it would be very easy to not have it have a male voice. You know, like right. It's a choice. Yeah, and I think it's like to drive home this point that like of merging of this their merge as a technological equivalent of heterosexual reproduction. Right. Yes. So like he's got to be a dude. She's got to be a lady so that when they combine together, they can have a baby. And then that baby is neither male nor female. (laughs) I like the way that that rhymed, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Baby the lady. Looking good, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's sort of funny that you have like this like seemingly very intense idea of, of what it would, what it is to be, um, to have queer identity and question and like think about your own mind and how it can like expand and what what limits gender places on your mind and then to have it then like sort of distill down to this point where it's like we put a man and a woman in the same body and bada boom bada bing it's non-binary person boom done mm-hmm. <laughs> like and i'm not saying either one of them is bad i kind of like that they coexist in this movie together it just it tickles me a little bit that we have very high level stuff but also like the way, like, a kid would explain to you how something like this would work. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, it's like half one of these things and half one of these things, then it becomes a new thing. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's those like, moments where you're like, are we just in death of the author here territory, or... I don't think we yeah. are. Like, I think, the, no. I think the movie is trying to say a thing, you know what I mean? But... <laughs> I think the movie is but trying yes. to say it. But it yes, when just... suddenly there has to be a male voice and the female voice so that they can have a child voice, you know. Does. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird element. You would think that they would be able to carry that, um, that depth and the pretentiousness all the way through to the end. And I think that what they ended with is a little bit more um, mundane. Mm-hmm. But, but ultimately gets us where we need to go. Absolutely. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, but it did feel almost like a tonal shift. Like not tones the wrong word. Um... I, I almost agree with that. Like, it doesn't... The end does not feel like anything else that came before it. Yeah. And, of course, there's, like, kind of a... Uh, what I did think was also sort of cool and and not necessarily ties into any sort of, like, kind of queer identity, but, but maybe even. So you end... You start... You have that, like, scene where um, the major is looking at the city around her. And it's obviously, like, existentially terrifying to her. Like, she sees, like, the mannequins in the window, and she's like, well, what really separates me from those things? Like, I'm also made. I'm also molded, just like those things are. And then, in the end, the the little girl uh, person, individual, is hanging out in the country, and they go outside and are looking at what should be nature and instead what's overlaid on top of it is like this elaborate cityscape that's clearly connected to their cybernetic brain mm-hmm. like that they see everything as being connected now and i yeah. loved the idea and 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 it's pleasurable to that to that individual they like it right yeah. so i like how you have sort of before the major is freed she's looking around in her city her urban environment that is clearly like just like so in like 
you know, saturated with technology and it's frightened to her. And then when she's made this transition and now she is this evolved non-binary person, they go outside, they look around at what should be pastoral, what should be comforting, what should feel good from a biological level. And instead, what feels good is to interface technology on top of it. The end seems like it's designed for a family audience, where the beginning does not feel like it's designed for a family audience. Not at all. Like, literally, it starts with, like, a dude getting assassinated when he blows apart. Like, he has, like, robotic parts inside of him. And there's, like, a naked female, you know, assassin, like, who's also, like, computerized, robotic, and can become invisible, who is, like, responsible. And it's just, like, these are not the same thing, you know? Yeah, and maybe this is, like, just something that's kind of culturally lost on me um, as an American, but to me, that is, to me, that fits ultimately with this concept of creation and hope at the end, where you move away from, from like, from the darkness. From From where we were, yeah. police states and control and things like that, and now you have... um, a young individual looking out in the world and just seeing endless possibilities based on the things that they bring to the world, which is very hopeful. And I, I would hope would like, you know, I hope is, is encouraging to people who feel like they don't really fit into one gender or the other to, to see something like this. I think it's a very, is a strong and powerful message. Do you want to just do a quick wrap up of the ripples that this has left in uh, sci-fi media as we see them? We can just like, straight off and like just run through them sure yeah absolutely take it away what's what's our what's uh what's our visual reference so like obviously this had huge impact Mm -hmm. on um cyberpunk aesthetics and like our sense of like what wrote what what robotic piece like people are like and techno paranoia and all that kind of stuff um Let's like let's start tossing out some places because I, I I feel like I, this movie is like just full seeds that are now visual and thematic elements in so many other movies. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm gonna just start with the very basic as we do this lightning round back and forth thing. Uh, the Matrix. Yep. Um, everything from like the aesthetic of like the binary code like on the screen like running across it like that movement to, um, I mean it's very clearly a reference to. Uh, Japanese cinema, mm-hmm. you know, like in and explicitly, but this waking up, this duality, this like who we think we are versus who we are. I thought honestly we get like a little bit Yeah, I thought this movie would get a little bit more into that just because like it it opens up that door mm-hmm. so well, you know? Uh the computer versus like the human control of the mind. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Matrix. You. Matrix. Um, so the other really explicit one is James Cameron uh, cites this as being a huge influence for Avatar um, and like the concept yep. of, um, of, of of a being remotely operating another body um, was like, yeah. that's where that came from. So that's like definitely impacted that work. Uh, I would I would say Ex Machina. Uh, is definitely impacted by this work. I think even down to, like, the final, like, before she dresses up as a woman, but, like, when we see her, her, quote, naked form. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, the way in which uh, that's visualized felt very reminiscent in and of itself. What about you? Another one? Yep. Um, This is also pretty explicit, but uh, Spielberg's uh, AI is influenced by Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. Um, 
both from like its aesthetics and and feel like they they kind of get into that sort of thing for how the robots are made but more importantly um like the philosophical questions it poses although i like the philosophical question in ghost of the shell much more than i like it in ai ai is very basic it's like what if you created a robot that can love would it be okay that you did that and also would his robot love the same as human love question mark like i think it's kind mm-hmm. of simplistic and a little bit like I just think it's kind of wretched. <laughs> Ultimately, like you're like, there's no, there's no yeah. pot of gold at the end of AI's rainbow. But I do think there is one in Ghost of the Shell, and I think that ultimately, I would agree with that. I think that that is ex- yes, and I think ultimately yes. that is, serves humanity better than what anything that AI puts out into the world. I don't know. I also kind of mm-hmm. hate the movie AI, so that might be why. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about was like the surrogates uh, that. Um... That graphic novel series oh, about, yeah. like, how you can, like, live in these other bodies. It came out in, like, 2005, so it was, like, almost exactly 10 years from, like, the making of this film. But, like, seems very, very reminiscent in terms of, like, the outer body. Although in that case, like, more like Avatar, we're not actually, like, divorcing the mind from the body. Like, in that one, you're projecting the mind, but in this one, like you are literally the ghost like the whole your whole body's the ghost inside a larger shell <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah um i had a few more so the uh annihilation so questions of personhood are copies or facsimiles of your body yes do they do they remember the same sort of things do you do they have the same sort of experience that you do i think it couldn't have been made yeah. without ghost of the shell coming first I would I would like to plug listening to that podcast where there Mary and I have a slight disagreement on what the end even yeah. means. You know, yeah, yeah. I kind of know. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. Even, <laughs> I feel ashamed to say I'm like I don't even really remember how we landed on that, but um, now I kind of want to. Well, but it was it was about whether or not someone was a copy and also whether or not it mattered. Yes, so, you yes, know. but I don't think yes. Now yes. we should watch it now that I've I've been enlightened by Ghost in the Shell, um, and maybe I will uh-huh. have a different take on it. Um, also, this one's just kind of a fun one, but I think it's a cool one. I feel like Dirty Computer and Janelle Monae's whole deal I, yes, of being I thought a about that robot too. and a cyborg, like, as an expression of queer identity, like, that definitely has mm-hmm. some, like, tent, like, some connective tissue back to this sort of idea. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the very last one I had was, um, Westworld I don't think would exist without this movie. Not in the same way. Oh, that's not fair. Not in the same way. No, not like at all. The, no. The, the creation. The literal, like, the, the mind ball and, yep. like, the physical body and, like, the way in which, like, we even deal with, like, who's real and who's not. Um, yeah, 100%. Well, and if nothing else, th- how they create the robots would not exist. Yes, that, that visualization is, like... Such an echo. In fact, I want to make a side-by-side gift to go on our social media. Ooh, showing the manufacturing of one body and the manufacturing of Westworld. I just... Look to your social meets, space bras, space underscore bras, uh, for some exciting content. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, like the scene where, like, they have, like, the those, like... In Westworld, they always have those, like, white, weird bodies. Dipping the white. Yep. And yes. then that scene where all the white stuff exactly. is, like, flaking away from her. I was like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I have. So, I mean, I think we owe a huge debt of gratitude as a sci-fi community to this movie for, like, showing us how it's done. Yes. And then we're just, like, we just keep we just keep kind of reiterating on the theme and, 
and refining it and taking it in new cool directions. And I think it's really cool that when I like look at this list of things, it's like you have like big budget movies, you have little little weird think pieces. You have something that yeah. tries to do both and doesn't do either one right. You have things that are joyful. <laughs> you have things that are sad. Like, it's it contains yeah. multitudes. Um, it really does. In fact, you know, <clears throat> last one, San Junipero, uh, the one episode I've ever seen oh, of Black yeah. Mirror. Totally. Or some older lesbian women. Uh, the oxymoron. We're some, no, not, I don't know. We're some older lesbians uh, upload their brains to exist, like, in another space, you know, like, so that, like, separation of consciousness and, like, being, like, access mm-hmm. into the net more so, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks, Ghost of the thanks, Shell. Ghost of the Shell. You did, you did a heavy lift. We appreciate it. <laughs> you did, you a, did thing. a thing. And that's a good thing. You introduced a lot of concepts that are super fun to keep on engaging with over and over again. And, and as we noted at the beginning of this, because, you know, just to throw back to our drinking game, uh, Descartes even was saying it first. So this is like, these ideas are so foundational to being human. Like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old, if not thousands. Let's talk about existentialism. Anyway, back to you, Mary Johnston. Yeah. All right. So I got a question for you. Do you recommend this movie? Would you recommend someone see this movie? Uh, Yeah, I definitely would. Me too. I absolutely would. I think it... I, I, I also loved in the middle, like the music that they were using to juxtapose this, um, this, the story. It, at the very least, guys, it's beautiful. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it more than once, or at least now that you've listened to our podcast, hopefully we will have helped make it easier if you are listening to this first or helping you process your feelings on it. But we'd love to hear more about uh, what you thought about Ghost in the Shell. because yeah, you know. absolutely. I recommend it though. I think it's feminist. I do too. Or at least it's feminist from an it's interesting from a feminist perspective. Yes. Yeah. It is interesting from a feminist perspective. Yeah, th- that's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I don't know if it's inherently but I'm not going to I'm not going to But it's like yeah. it's a complex movie that opens up topics of identity and mind-body separation and 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 frames it specifically through the lens of gender. Through a woman. Yeah, and a woman. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and, and that's what's famous about is that, like, well, I don't know that it has all the right answers. No, and I don't think it even... I think that the questions... And, or it, and I don't yeah. even think it poses many answers, to be honest with you. I mean, like, it asks a lot of questions. Yeah, I just think, I just think that the little bit of answers that they pose are, you're like, well, right, Yeah, they know, feel a little pat. But, yeah, yeah I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty... It's, I think it's solid. I would recommend it. It's worth it. 100%. I agree. All right, so that was Ghost in the Shell. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Pretty great, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Woohoo! Um, so next week, we're going to do a decidedly less pretentious movie. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> are going... It's going to be... Or next time, we're going to be doing a less pretentious movie. We are going to um, be celebrating All Hallows' Eve. It's going to be October, one of my favorite months of the year. And oh, yeah, perfect weather. Just like we did perfect and just like fun and like mm-hmm. I don't know, Halloween is just Spooky. so fun you got fall you yeah, dress up great. sweater yeah. weather the yeah. food's good well sweater weather depending on where you live uh but yeah <laughs> in Milwaukee sweater well, weather <laughs> sweater weather sweater weather um it's true and you know pretty soon and also climate change and so, pretty soon yeah. we're never gonna have sweater sweater weather so <laughs> um <laughs> 
Um, but we're celebrating yeah. uh, our, around these uh, space bra parts by watching horror movies, switching our, our eyes away from science fiction momentarily and um, watching feminist horror movies. And we're going to start out with one uh, classic, modern instant classic, uh, mm-hmm. Ginger Snaps, a werewolf yeah. feminist movie. Very excited about that. Way to go, Canada. Just, just throwing that out there. It's great. I mean, I haven't watched it, but I hear it's great. <laughs> Canada! Poutine! Canada! Universal healthcare! <laughs> what a, yeah, what a thought. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you for listening to Space Browse. Check us out on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us because this is a labor of love and we really appreciate hearing from you guys. Uh, five stars, ideally. Uh, we yeah. really love so, it and we also really labor. So, yeah. yeah. And it honestly could be a couple sentences. Like, it doesn't have to be anything special. We're fine. Yeah. Um, it, it could be one sentence. It could be like one word. Just rate us and review us. Anyway. I'll write it yeah. for you. This podcast <laughs> is the best. Period. This podcast is tits. <laughs> this, po- um, this podcast makes me so happy. This podcast, it fucks. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, I listen to it every morning to get jazzed for my day. Woohoo! Um, yeah, and check us out on social media at space underscore bras, available on Instagram and Twitter and check out our website at outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras. Very nice. Very nice. And now join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone else might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers. Cheers. Outrageous.